welcome to another episode of Paranormal, the New Normal. I'm your host as always, Jeremy, trying to bring a little normalcy to this world, which most days is impossible. My guest tonight, though, right, been looking forward to having him for a long time since we were on a group show a few, about a month ago. And he was an interesting person. And I wanted to get him on here to talk about his life. My guest is Bill Bryan from Empty Casket Paranormal and from the Get Haunted Network. And I am good friends with the Get Haunted Network as well. So this will be a fun meeting, basically. So, Bill, how are you doing today? Oh, pretty good, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime I get to have a paranormal investigator on here, I am always more than willing. So... <laughs> Brings a nice balance to all the psychics and mediums I get as well. So it's a good oh, yeah. balance on my on the show. Definitely. So so the first question I always ask everybody is, how did you get into the paranormal? Where did it start? Well, <clears throat> I guess my first paranormal experience was the house I grew up in. Um, I saw, well, what I remember is seeing a full-bodied apparition walk through my yard and into the house where there wasn't a door. Um, but my brother and sister had a lot of different experiences in the house. Uh, but I really got into the paranormal when I was in college. That's about the time that Ghost Hunters came out. And so me and my friends, being engineering students, we had access to a lot of equipment. So we kind of formed our own little ghost hunting group, went around, did some local stuff, went to Gettysburg and Centralia, Pennsylvania, and and uh, had it, had a lot of fun doing it. And then after a handful of investigations, they were done with it and ready to move on to something else. But I was completely bit by the bug and over the years would get out and investigate as often as I could, which really wasn't as often as I wanted to. Uh, <clears throat> but once my brother got out of the army, me and him started making it a habit of going to Gettysburg every year. And while we were there, we would ghost hunt. Uh, so started doing that more. And then I met my fiance and about a, two months into our relationship, we uh, went to Gettysburg, had an amazing ghost hunt while we were there and decided we need to do this all the time. And that's when we started Empty Casket Paranormal. And about nine months after that, we met Rob Stackowitz who owns Get Haunted. And <clears throat> I started working for him. It was a, we were working for a different company at the time. Uh, but then we both left that company for various reasons and started Get Haunted. Which I believe, is Christina Westervelt part of Get, Haunt Get Haunted or no? Uh, yeah, she's she's a, a member of Get Haunted. Uh, she used to be part of the, the, the smaller team that did the events, um, but she's stepped away from that uh, due to other things in her life. Okay, because I, I had her on my show as one of my first guests, actually. And oh. Yeah, she was she was a fun guest, and I, she was, like, one of my... One, yeah, she's really, like, is one of the ones, first people that warmed up to the show, and, like, we had a great episode. And I love her skunk videos, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her skunk is cool. Well, yes, he is. And so... so oh, Gaysburg. That's a, my bucket list for places I want to go and do a little I don't usually investigate and do investigations because I don't have the time to because mm -hmm. li life and work and podcasting and all that but of course Gaysburg has been on my list for a long time of places I gotta go check out and like do the whole oh, yeah and it sucks because I was actually in Williams I was in Williamsburg when I was a kid so I wasn't that far off from Gaysburg I could have got there but just didn't happen <laughs> but so what would you say is the most creepy or entertaining experience you've had while investigating? <laughs> uh, oh, that's a good question. It, most entertaining is, is easily um, Cash Town Inn in Gettysburg. Uh, we did an event there back in May, and it, it was a crazy event with lots of activity. You know, it, it was a lot of fun, but right at the very end of the night when we were ready to go to bed <clears throat> um those of us didn't get haunted who were hosting the event we were all sharing a room so rob pulls out his voice recorder to do a final evp 
before we turn out the lights and go to sleep. And he says, you know, we're about to go to sleep. Can you say something nice? And then the EVP we got was something nice. <laughs> so it was a real smart ass of a, uh, of a spirit, but it, it cracked us up. It was a great way to end the night. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's, you gotta love a smart spirit. You gotta, but, Oh yeah. But what was the most creepy? That's the question I ask every investigator because there's uh, always creepy. that one experience that, that makes your back, the hair on your back stand up when the cold sweats start. Well, yeah, there, there's been a lot that have been creepy. Um, the one that scared me the most, I was at Crescent Sanatorium. This was before I was part of Get Haunted, before Get Haunted even existed. And uh, I was, throughout the night, I had been leading different groups in uh, the, the old chapel that's on the premises. And during every group that came through, they all said they were seeing something standing behind me. And the second to last group, I said, why is something always standing behind me? Why can't it ever stand where I can see it? So the last group of the night comes up and I'm standing up in front telling them, here's the equipment we're going to be using. Here's what we're going to be doing. And I look over to my right and standing about two, three feet away, there's a guy just standing there. And I can see right through him, but he's he's there. And it scared the hell out of me. I jumped back. I screamed like a little girl. I, I usually hold my composure pretty good, but that, that one got me. That one scared the hell out of me. But yeah, that at, the funniest part about it, though, was the next day I'm driving home and I call my mother. I told her how the night went and she says, oh, good. It worked. What do you mean it worked? It was all, oh, well, you've been spending all this time, all this money with the ghost hunting stuff. I didn't want you to continue doing it unless... You know, A, it's something you really, really want it, and B, it's real. So I pray to your grandfather that he'd scare the shit out of you. Mission <laughs> accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is so perfect. That yeah. is so perfect. <laughs> and 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 that like this was the culmination of two nights full of wild EVPs, uh shadow figures galore. Like that place is messed up. Well, as soon as you said sanitarium, I was like, oh, those are never, anytime I ask for a creepy experience, eight out of 10 times, they're in a sanitarium or. Or a prison. Or and Preston was I, both. Yeah, which. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Those are the places I don't want to investigate because I just, I'm good. I don't need things following me home. <laughs> but I, I, get... I actually love investigating sanitariums and prisons. I don't know why, but those are some of my favorite places to investigate. Uh, well, I mean, if you're looking to actually find something, those are the two places you're most likely going to find something. Very true. Very true. I mean, that, well, those in battlefields, of course, because battlefields are just spirit heaven, basically, for the amount that you're going to find there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Battlefields, especially Gettysburg, has, you know, I mean, that's the reason that we started Empty Casket was was the experiences we had at the, the battlefield. The uh, when I went there with Tanya, my fiance, she, you know, it was the first time we had done the SS method and that completely blew our minds. It was the first time we had a piece of equipment that that I had built. It was my very first REM pod, um, which I had funny. I finished the night before and I didn't have anything to put it in. So I, it was just in Tupperware. Uh, but now my REM pods comes in all different kinds of things. I actually have some here. Uh, my coffin pods i got these doll head rem pods but it all started with tupperware <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome those are actually pretty cool but yeah i'm a big i'm a big fan but of the uh memorabilia i got so much of it from cryptic crate it's not even funny <laughs> <laughs> my my book collection is freaking huge because of cryptic crate but which and i never get time to read that's the part that sucks <laughs> but yeah, I've I've read I have my bookshelf sitting right over there, and I've read maybe a third of what's on there. Yeah, that's life when you get older, unfortunately. But yeah. So, do you guys ever do investigations for anything more physical in nature, or 
carry a nature? What do you mean? Like, do you actually, well, okay, do you ever do cryptid investigations? Best way to put it. Oh, um, we, we try to when we can. Uh, for the most, I, I love being outdoors. I love hiking and, and hunting and fishing and all that. So whenever I'm out, you know, doing a hike or whatever, I'm always have my eyes open for, for Bigfoot. You know, I, I, I live in Pennsylvania and it's actually number three in the country for Bigfoot sightings. So I, I always have my eyes open. Um, you know, we, we try to go hiking. If we don't have a ghost hunt on a weekend, we try to hike that weekend. And it's not necessarily a Bigfoot hunt, but we're, we're looking. And if we think maybe there might be some Bigfoot in the area, we'll, we'll do calls, we'll do wood knocks just to see if anything happens. Right on, right on. I mean, yeah, my my wife and my kids like to go hiking too, and I I personally hate the hell out of it. But when we do go, <laughs> I'm I mean, we've gone like in Freetown State Forest and other places in Massachusetts that are known for Bigfoot sightings. So I've I definitely I keep an eye out. I'm, look, I'm always like watching the ground, look for, for footprints and whatnot. And it's just yep, never never any luck. But I don't think we go deep enough. That's the thing. I don't think we go deep enough into the woods to find it. Well, I mean, if you look at a lot of the the reports they're people who are not looking for bigfoot they're hunters there's fishermen they're hikers or people who are just driving through national parks and whatnot so you know that's one of the reasons we don't typically do actual bigfoot hunts we just go hiking and just keep our eyes open yeah but oh pennsylvania which well okay we'll get to that we'll get to this part in a second <laughs> i do have another follow-up to that one but but what do you what is your theory on Bigfoot? Like, what do you, th what do you, what do you think it is? Like, there's, I've heard multiple theories. And I'm always interested to hear what Bigfoot. Think. I, I'm, I fall in the the camp of a flesh and blood creature. I, I don't buy into the, the, the Bigfoot being, you know, an alien or interdimensional or anything like that. I, I just, I, I've not heard anything in, from that camp that has convinced me that it's anything other than a flesh and blood creature. Let's see. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I agree. hundred percent. I agree. I mean, yes, I will say I do. I can, I can like credence to the fact that it may be extraterrestrial in origin, but I think it's been on earth for longer than humans or as long as humans. Well, if you just I mean, look at the native American lore, the, their, their lore yeah. goes all the way back to when they first got here and they'll tell you they were here since they got here. Yes. Which someone I was just talking to lately, told me that uh well they they referenced the fact that when native americans crossed over here uh, when the original when they, native americans crossed over to america there was already another race here right exactly yeah which and i mean they don't typically describe them as sasquatch but they were just another race which lends credence to the fact that there could be more than one species already living on in america that no one knew about Mm -hmm. And plus the fact, plus the fact that Sasquatch are a, world, a worldwide phenomenon. So, yep, it's highly possible. And I mean, I have this theory, and <laughs> I, some people are like, "You're crazy," and some people are like, "No, that makes sense, and that could be." But we'll see what you think. But I believe that Bigfoot came became on Earth because basically Earth is an extraterrestrial prison planet, and whatever species a uh, intergalactic council of aliens don't want in space because they're either dangerous or they start problems with other races i think they put them on earth and i think that's where a lot of our cryptids come from it's just species that were banned to earth and i think that's why we have ufos and alien sayings all times i think they're basically wardens that watch the earth to make sure that none of these things get back into space hmm. which I've had people laugh at that theory, and I've had people be like, "That makes sense." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna fall somewhere in the middle there. Um, I, I don't know how much I believe that. However, can't disprove it. You know, it, it's certainly a possibility. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's not. But well, like, uh, I mean, oh yeah, I mean, like I always say, like there is no disproving it and there's i i have no facts to base it on it's just i took multiple things that are happening on our planet and kind of put them together an idea right but. yeah yeah it, it's certainly a possibility you know it's yes. it's definitely 
it's definitely a very fun thing to think about. That's for sure. But no, I, I personally, I fall in the camp of uh, it's a, it's a evolution similar to Gigantopithecus. Yes. That's, that was the original. And that's still like the most logical explanation mm-hmm. I ever grasped to was the gigant, Gigantopithecus uh, like theory that they wore Gigantopithecus back when we were cavemen. And they basically saw that they were getting killed off by Homo sapiens. And they're like, okay, these guys are over here. Let's go hide in the woods and avoid them. And that's basically how Bigfoot evolved over time. But so I do agree with that as well. But you said you're in Pennsylvania, so I have to bring up my next topic. Dogmen. Because Pennsylvania is a huge dogmen hotspot. Yeah. Um, so I, I honestly don't know what to think about dogmen. I, I've heard some very compelling stories. I've also heard a lot of things that listening to it, it's like, that just sounds like a Bigfoot. You know, the, it, it, it almost seems like if in a place where there's a, a lot of dogmen sightings, people can possibly see a Bigfoot and just assume it's dogman. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't really have much of an opinion on dogman. I'm, you know, the jury's still out on that one. Uh, it's another thing that's, it's very interesting. I love hearing the stories, but yeah, I, I just, I haven't really fallen one way or another on it. Well, I had, I've had two guests in the show that, well, one you may probably know, and that's Lon Strickler from, uh, Phantoms and Monsters Radio. He's from Pennsylvania as well. And he, yeah, I've, he, I've heard of him. He's invest. He, he talked about how he investigated multiple, well, many, many dogman cases in Pennsylvania, especially around mines, which there's a pattern there. But oh, okay. You want to talk mines? Let's talk mines. So I, I live in northeastern Pennsylvania, which is completely riddled with mines. This is the this ninety five percent of the world's anthracite coal comes from this area, this region. Yeah. Um, and during our ghost hunts uh, in the in like the Scranton Wilkesbury area, the the Wyoming Valley, we're coming across spirits who you know tell us how they died, where they lived, and it's like that's that's not here. There's there's no history to tie that person to this location. So we started asking specifically. You know, did you die here or are you a traveler? Did you come here after death? And a lot of times we're getting answers such as, you know, yes, I'm a traveler or, or you know, I, I came here recently. And so we started asking, how did you get here? I traveled through the mines. It it kind of seems like they're using the mines as a superhighway to move around the valley and go from location to location. And every weird thing that happens in this area seems to be tied to the mines. Uh, and then you have like missing 411 and Bigfoot cases. They're always tied to mines, cave systems. And we got a lot of both. Um, another weird thing is this area has a very large number of Vietnam vets. And a lot of them, you they just go up into the woods and disappear. They're, they're not missing. Like they're they're purposely going up there to get away from everything. Yeah. They they when they do come back, you know, they'll tell their their friends, their families that there are mysteries in these mountains. That there's there's mysteries around here that, you know, that just defy everything that they've known. And and just the fact that they were in Vietnam and and dealt with the, you know, the, the underground tunnels and all that they're coming up here and finding cave systems and mine systems and things underground that shouldn't exist. And, uh, you know, my, my fiance's former father, you know, ex father-in-law used to always say that, you know, if anything ever happens, go to the woods, the woods will protect you. You'll find shelter there, shelter in the middle of the woods. What can it be other than mines and cave systems? Yes, and you actually you took the you took the words out of my mouth basically because I always talk about the missing four one one and the cave systems in the East Coast mm-hmm. and West Coast, and it's just it's too coincidental to be not related D- in some way. So David Politis goes and and you know sections off parts of the country based on on their clusters. Pennsylvania is the only state that has its very own cluster. 
there's so many missing in Pennsylvania, especially around mine and cave systems that it, it we got our own cluster, which I don't know is a thing to be proud of or feared, but. Well, I mean, it also, I mean, do you, do you lend any credence to the hollow earth theory? I do not. Yeah. I mean, I see, but the cave systems make me want to believe it in a way because if there's things in those caves there shouldn't be or that no one can explain then a hollow earth would make sense if these caves and these mines lead to it you said to go far enough maybe i i so my education and background is in physics and engineering so hollow earth theory is a little hard for me to to bite into yeah. um but there's definitely large underground caverns mines you know, there, there's things underground that they, that there's tons of things underground that we don't know about for sure, for sure. So, you know, who knows what could be under there? I mean, you got the Heli Kelly Hopkinsville goblins that reportedly came under, well, they came down on a spaceship, uh, but there's yeah. other stories of goblins in places like Hellier and yeah. um, uh, there's a couple other places in Kentucky and, and that area. And it's all, you know, they came out of the mines, they came out of the, the caves, the caverns. So, yeah, it, it's... and I mean, and I mean, that's one thing I always say about dogmen too, is because everybody always is like, well, where are they then? Like, why can't people find them? And I mean, it's the same question they asked about Bigfoot, but I mean, with dogmen, I'm like, they're probably hiding in caves. Like, they're probably hiding in the caves that they come from, and they probably just come out to get food every once in a while, or to... or the the one thing that I prefer to to think about with with dogmen is. They're 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 not dogmen, they're werewolves. That would that would make me much happier if they were werewolves. <laughs> I guess I mean I technically hate the word werewolf because I think it. My theory is that dogmen have existed since as long as Bigfoots have, and that werewolves just became a word because that's what people were calling dogmen when they saw them because they would only see them on full moons for some reason or around full moons. Well, technically, the word werewolf. Uh, you know, is a wolf that turns into a monster. So if it's a man that turns into a monster, the right term is wolfman. Yeah, it, it, it was it was nineteen thirties, nineteen forties Hollywood that mixed the two up. But makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. I can see Hollywood. I can see Hollywood doing that easily. Oh yeah. Easy. But I'm, I mean, I mean, because we actually just on my other show I do that's a discussion show. We just did an episode on dogmen, and like I course had to cover the beast of bray road and the beast of the land between the lakes because those are my yep. two favorite but the, the land the lamb the land between the lakes one that's the one that i can't that's the one that made me a believer in dogman that one right there because i i'm not familiar with that one but the beast of bray road is the one that makes me think maybe there might be something to this because up until that, i up until that one um I, I was i was dead set on yeah dogmen aren't a real thing uh, the, it was the Beast of Bray Road that made me think, hmm, maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, well, there's a website. It's North America, North American Dogmen. Oh my God, what was NADP? It's North American Dogmen. Why do I always forget the P? But it's NADP. It's if you Google it, it'll come up. I'm actually having one of their uh, regional directors, DA Roberts, come on. And if you go to that site, there is a map on there of dogman sightings. Mm -hmm. Even if 80% just give it a good logical number is made up stories or just people reporting false things or mistaken for Bigfoot, whatever. The 20% that are left is still enough to make me not want to go in the woods at night. Like, <laughs> that's the way I see it. Yeah. So I don't like going in the woods at night. I, I've spent my entire life hiking, hunting, camping, fishing. And so I'm in the woods at night a lot. It scares the hell out of me. I, haunted houses, I'm fine with. The woods during the day, don't bother me. At night, not a big fan. Creeps me yeah, out. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I mean, I hate walking my dog near the wood line in my property when at night. Just because you don't know what's out there. and He's always growling or something. Or she yeah. is. Sorry. I, you know, it's not even something paranormal that frightens me the most, though, because I've been in the woods and came across people 
that should not have been there who you know people uh, on private property and find people living in the woods you know a mile in on private property they're not supposed to be there you know or, or people in the middle of the woods where i've hiked three miles to get there and they're dressed in you know like suit and blazer and it's just things that didn't make sense like why the hell are you here but that that kind of creeps me out because you especially at night there's so many places to hide you never know what's yeah. there yeah the woods creep me out and since you said, since you said you don't know about it the beasts are lamb between the lakes is in a place in uh wisconsin called the lamb the lamb between the lakes it's basically like a decent sized island in between in between two uh lakes and it's it's huge it's very wooded area and but for there have been reports of years of some creature there that and it got really famous at one point because there was a family up there in an rv on vacation and basically they they got found a couple days after this happened and the camper was torn apart blood everywhere the parents were dead and they found uh i think it was either half or three quarters of a of the little girl up in a tree wow and i mean people said for years oh it was just a serial killer i'm sorry serial killers are not throwing a little girl's body in the tree i mean that's just no serial killer is going to go through that work no <laughs> so, i mean it's just and that and experienced hunters in that area will not go to the land between the lakes they refuse to go there and hmm. when novice when the novice hunters go there because they don't know any better they say oh, i'm not scared they come if they come back if they come back they come back shook up and they refuse to go back because you feel like you're being watched there supposedly you feel like something's always like around you a group of college kids were up there and they were they had like a campfire going in they said they said they could hear something walking around their the circle they had the whole time and then they started running for their car and that's when they started hearing like these loud guttural howls like unlike any wolf they ever heard before any coyote they ever heard before and when they got back to the college campus there was huge scratch marks on the side of their car like dog claws or like wow. a wolf's claws so it's i mean if i i don't even do it justice telling it i first heard about it on monsters among us staircase podcast and the way the way that story was told in that podcast just made me like literally sit in my office chair in my old job and be like looking around like uh i don't feel safe <laughs> yeah i and, i'm gonna i'm gonna have to look that one up definitely have to look that one up i kind of i kind of want to go there now which is i know a little twisted but that's the paranormal <laughs> investigator in me. <laughs> yep, and that's why I'm not an investigator. But <laughs> and the the last, well, one of the first guests on my show, like in the first month, was named Christopher Susie, and he he saw the devil three times. That's the reason, like, I had him on the show is because for that purpose. But he's had a friend, a troop mate, in, when he was in the army. And they were in Egypt together, and he his friends started freaking out and pointing at a statue. He says, Who is that? What is that? It was Anubis, the dog god, the dog faced god of ancient Egyptians. Mm -hmm. And they told him that. And he's like, I've seen something just like that in my backyard twice in New Orleans when I was a kid. Wow. And and I mean that's Rougarou country to begin with. So Yes, it is. So, I mean, all that stuff together just, like, makes me believe in dogmen more and more and more. And there are just so many, there are so many stories of people, like, running into them. It just, I don't know. It's it's hard for me not to believe in them. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I'm kind of in the middle on that one. I, I You know, the jury's still out. I, I There's still a lot of dogmen stories and stuff that I just haven't dove into. Usually I dive into, like, Bigfoot, UFO, and ghosts dogman's something that I, I need to do more research on before i really make it a, a solid opinion on it well let me ask you this you said you don't think bigfoot are ultra terrestrial or inter interdimensional what do you think about aliens like ufos do you think that they travel through dimensions or do you think they travel through space uh i think they have to travel through dimensions because traveling through space just doesn't make sense 
I, I, I think they're if they're traveling through space, they're using some sort of gravitational drive that's creating wormholes. Um, if other, so that's the only way you could travel through space because it, it's just physics as we know it just doesn't allow it for for interplanetary travel like outside of the sol from solar system to solar system. So it's either interdimensional or you know wormholes. Yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of like Rick and Morty almost, <laughs> but in a kind of yeah, but, yeah. But I mean, it just and I, I've talked to, I had a guest on about a month ago, that he, he lucid dreams and he, um, what the hell, uh, projects. What the hell's it called? Astral projection. Yes, and he astral projects himself, and when he does this lucid dreaming. He says he travels through dimensions and he's met so many different like species of creatures. He doesn't even know what they are. Like he calls them aliens, extraterrestrials, just for lack of a better word. But he says he's seen so many different kinds and that a lot of them are very nice and like not they're like you get they give off pleasant vibes. Mm -hmm. But he says he's he's run into a few in different dimensions that are scary, like giant ones, just ones that seem like they don't want to be friends like ones that give off horrible vibes and you just get full fear when you run into them so i don't know i mean interdimensional alien travel makes sense to me though it does i i definitely think there's i i don't fall in that it's either one or the other i think we got both going on and yeah it depends on which ones we're talking about whether they're wormholes or or uh interdimensional but i i agree because i mean i think grays are just wormholes because they've been coming to earth for so long that and yep. they're seen and the ufos are usually seen coming yep. from space and, and i think the i think the grays are also not a species in and of themselves i think they're more like a worker bee because yeah. they're, they're often seen with with taller versions of the grays and um and uh what was the other uh like uh almost like an insect type alien tends to be with them as well if you listen to people like terry loveless and yeah and uh there's another one i just i just heard recently i can't remember the guy's name it'll come to me but uh but yeah um it, one thing i find really interesting is the connection between aliens and the paranormal because it seems like a, a lot of the places that we go investigate there there tends to be a a um alien presence there a uh, couple examples of that uh the shanley hotel uh yes. there's reports of a a gray triangle that kind of appears from time to time um i mean shanley hotel is right in the heart of the hudson valley which is huge ufo hotspot and and a gray triangle kind of floating around has been reported all across the valley uh yep. then you I, have... I, I i grew up in the hudson valley actually I grew up in I grew up in I grew up uh, outside of Kingston in New Paltz, New York. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I that's my yeah, area. Then, that's my neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah, uh, another one in the Hudson Valley is Mid Orange Correctional Facility, which mm -hmm. is now the Hudson Sports Complex. Um, there's there's reports of grays, like actual grays, in one of the buildings. Uh, I saw it. Uh, my fiance's daughter saw it. A couple of our friends have claimed to see it. One person claimed to take a picture of me and had the gray in the picture. I never seen the picture. They were supposed to send it to me. They never sent it to me. So I, I don't know what came of that. That was the claim, though. But huh. yeah, I, I've, I've seen that that gray. And then we were investigating a, uh, a, a local cemetery in uh, 44, Pennsylvania. Uh, we were doing the Estes method. Uh, my fiance, Tanya, was was the one under with the headphones and the blindfold on. We're asking questions. We're at a a uh, memorial for a family, an entire family that was killed in a theater fire. Okay. So we're, we're speaking with the family. Um, I actually had a, a stuffed rabbit with me that night that had a K2 in it. And the, the one child spirit named the rabbit Mr. Mooney. So that's been the rabbit's name ever since. But after 
eh, about 20 minutes, 30 minutes of, of investigating it and getting a lot of good responses, the whole atmosphere shifted. And I just hear Tanya say, uh, we've been watching you. We'll bring you up, which made me immediately think of aliens. So I went to kind of pull her out. And as I'm walking up to her, she says, they keep showing me a lake. They're showing me a lake. So I, I tap her shoulder. She takes the headphones off, the blindfolds off, and she's crying hysterically. I'm like, what's the matter? She goes, I just saw a goddamn gray. Like, what do you mean you saw a gray? She goes, I opened my eyes with the blindfold still on and out of the darkness stepped up a gray. And it was the gray who said, we've been watching you and we'll bring you up. She says, and in my head, I asked, what are the coordinates? And twice they showed me a lake. Mm. So doing a transcript of that, we recorded all those sessions. So I was making a transcript of it about a week later. And um, the only word that she ever said during the whole thing that was not an answer to a question was the word eerie. Oh, so, yeah. so my first thought was maybe Lake Erie. Lake Erie has a lot of UFO reports. Yeah. So I type in Lake Erie. The second picture that popped up in Google Images, she looked at and said, oh, my God, that's what they showed me. So huh. I don't know if if they were asking us to go there or, you know, maybe we should avoid that. I, I don't know. We haven't been to Lake Erie. Um, but a yeah, suspicious about it now <laughs> that it was, um, yeah, it was quite an intense night, uh, driving back to my house afterwards. Cause we had taken separate cars. So we were both going back to my house. We had to go through back roads to get to my yeah. little backwoods town. And there's one section where you go past the lake and you don't have any cell service. We were on the phone with each other the entire time, except for that section when we we're passing a lake. And as the second we got cell service back, we're both calling each other. It's like, all right, we're still okay. Let's just get back to the house. <laughs> we, we were a little freaked. I don't blame you. I mean, when before I get into what, the story I got to tell, um, yeah, I mean, there's a huge history of UFOs being seen coming up from the water, especially uh, toward the Pacific in lakes, I mean, across the United States, like there's a big history of that. And I've heard multiple and multiple stories of UFOs coming out of lakes and aliens mm -hmm. being seen around lakes. So, yep. I mean, I can believe that they built these things so that they can survive underwater within them oh, yeah. and like keep the, keep the ship running. So, yep. Oh, well, one other thing that the Gray said, and I completely blanked on it until just now, he called himself the advocates. It was, we are the advocates. We've been watching you. We'll bring you up. So have you, I, I've asked everybody I know who's into the UFOs if they've ever heard of the advocates and no one ever has yet. So do you, have you ever heard of the advocates? I haven't heard of the advocates specifically, but I can relate it kind of to the fact that I've heard theories that the greys might be the ones that are trying to fight for humanity and other species such as reptilians are trying to destroy humanity. Yeah, I've I've heard similar things from other people. So yeah, I mean, I'd like I could, to get your take on it. Maybe that's what they meant. Like we're that we're the ones fighting for you. But I've also heard I've also heard other theories that grades are not nice and that they're not trying to be nice to humans. They're trying to figure out the best way to destroy us. I've heard theories about that too. So I mean, if if you put if you play destroy all humans when you're a kid, I mean, you kind of get that feeling from crypto. But <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But which it's I I actually just played the first one that they remastered on my Xbox, so I freaking <laughs> love, I love I love those games. But yeah, that's one of those games that sparked my paranormal love when I was younger. But <laughs> what I was gonna say is my wife, who was before she lived with me in uh, North North Central Massachusetts, she lived in the she lived in the Bridgewater Triangle, mm. and she believes that she's been abducted her whole life. Because her, when they were kids, her and her sister shared a room, and her sister would tell her the next morning many times, like, where did you go last night? Like, I woke up and you weren't in bed, like, at 2, 3 in the morning, and 
I looked all over the house for you. I couldn't find you. And like, they're little kids, so they're not going to be outside or anything. So, and then even when I was started dating her, like there are nights where she would text me next morning and be like, it happened again. I feel like I didn't sleep at all last night. So I ended up buying her a camera, like a motion sensor camera for her room to keep an eye on the kids. And for this purpose as well, in my own mind, it was for this purpose. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and the one, and the one night, the one night she, the camera caught something outside her window, which she had a second floor room and there's no easy way to access the roof. Like you'd have to have a ladder or something. And there's this shadowy blackish figure. It looks huge. She said, I, I can't, I never saw the video cause we never paid it. I never paid for the description. So they it only saves videos like for like 24 hours and deletes them. Mm-hmm. But, and, but this figure like walks towards her bedroom window and then right when it gets close, the camera goes staticky. Oh. And then th- that next morning she said like, I saw something weird in the camera when I woke up this morning and I feel like I didn't sleep last night. So, and I've seen UFOs at that house. Like my, we were walking in from the backyard one night when it was getting dark in the summer. And my son says to me, as we're getting close to the door, he's like, dad, why are those stars moving? I'm like, and I probably was drinking that day. Cause I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Stars don't move. And I'm like, I'm looking up like, Oh, maybe they do. And, seven to nine i don't remember the exact number but seven to nine star-shaped objects all moving in one direction at the same speed in like a in like a cluster formation almost like what was was it like a cluster or a a straight line uh it was like a cluster it was like a cluster because it looked like it was like one line of like three or four and then like there was like some some on the side that looked like they're flanking the other ones like like kind of like protecting them almost all right, yeah, because because uh, the uh, the Starlink satellites, when you see those, it's like five or seven moving very quickly across the sky, but they're all in a straight line. And, yeah, and, this, yeah, te- you know, Elon this, Musk is pissing people off with those things. Because yeah, I, a, a lot I, of people look at them and be like, "Oh, look, a UFO." And it's like, no, nope, that's Starlink. But even astronomers are getting upset with them because they're getting in the way of of their telescopes and that. But yes. Which I mean, I, I mean, I, I actually, you're not, the, you're not the first person to mention that when I brought the story up, but it wasn't a straight line. I know that I can remember that clear as day. It was like a loose, like almost formation of what looked like stars, but they're all moving at the same speed. And yeah, definitely not Starlink then. Yeah. And I mean, it just, and it's the Bridgewater Triangle. So it's known for aliens among many 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 other paranormal activities so oh yeah i mean that house is built on a native american burial ground so yeah that house is creepy as hell yeah i i know a guy that's up up that way um i'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of his last name um it's uh craig craig lefavor the thief the fair the favorite i think yeah 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 psychic medium and and uh ufo experiencer yeah, he's he's an interesting fella for sure. Why do I feel like I know? Oh, I he's been on on quite a few podcasts, and uh, that's actually in the power I, I met him. Um, a friend of mine had a podcast that had him on, and there's a few things he said that just kind of resonated with me, and so I got in touch with him, and and we've had a few chats. Yeah, I've I I knew a kid with that last name, and when I grew where I grew up in New York, but I'm sure in that area it's a common last name to some degree, but. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not the same person because th- this kid was my like my brother's age, so he would he's he's still younger than me at this point. I'm sh- I'm pretty sure the person you're talking about is not is probably older than me even. So yeah, I think he's I think he's in his forties, I believe. Yeah, then he'd be a decade older than me. So yeah, <laughs> maybe related. Who knows? But but yeah. So I mean, and yeah, that house was built on, was uh, built on a Native American burial ground, as her grandfather found out eventually. Once the original owners moved out after like two years of building it Hmm. and he bought it and like he, no one knew why they moved out so fast, but he soon found out because they all sent everybody that lived in that house has seen and sensed things. Like they all have their own stories to tell, but they'll never come to my podcast. And that's what drives me nuts. But, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, it's some people just want to, they just want to ignore it and hope it goes away. Yeah. Not in that house and nothing goes away in that house. That's for sure. I mean, my, my wife, my, my wife said like, she's seen like in the middle of the day, like she 
watched a shadow person stomp down the stairs. If you turn off the lights in the bedroom she lived in when I met her, like her and her two sisters both say the same thing because they all had that bedroom at separate times. And if you turn off all the lights at night, it looks like there's a shadowy figure on the ceiling with like three glowing orbs in like an outstretched hand. Wow. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking it's like a medicine man or like a medicine man gone bad, but or Could probably be. just pissed off. Probably just pissed off after, after what the white men did to that tribe. But I wouldn't don't blame them. But uh, well, we were talking about case systems a while back, and this is actually something else that my wife saw in the backyard of that house one day. What do you think about the rakes or the pale crawlers? Um. Yeah, that's that's another one that I'm not fully convinced on. I'm I'm open to the existence of it, but I haven't seen enough credible stories that have convinced me. Um, part of the reason for that is is that there's not many stories prior to creepy pastas of them, mm. um, and, and those that do exist that predate the creepy pastas are questionable at best. Yeah, and I mean, so so I'm kind of, yeah, I'm I'm leaning more towards not so much believing in in that stuff, but open to the possibility. Well, I mean, the way I, my well, my wife saw one in her backyard when she was in her, she was in the bathroom after the kids went to bed one night. She was in the bathroom window smoking a cigarette like always, and she looked out in her backyard and this white humanoid type thing came out of the woods behind their house, and it was just stumbling around the yard for a while and eventually it went back in to the woods, just stumbled back into the woods. I mean, they seem like from what I've heard about them and from what, I've, and from what my wife said, they look like they're like mindless. They look like they're just staggering around, not sure what they're doing. Like this. So there, there are stories I've heard in the Bridgewater area um, similar to that, but they're stories of puckwedgies. Yes, I... The little Ewok-like creatures, yeah. Yeah, they, like basically the North American fae. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love puck, I love puckwudgies. I love the the stories about them, and I would love to meet one in daylight, but don't want to meet one in moonlight because that seems creepy. But and I, from what I've heard, that things good things don't happen if you meet them during the night. But because I, there's a famous story that was on a. Uh, they, they, Derek Hayes talked about a Monsters Among Us, but it was about a guy walking his dog down in that area, and he ran into one, and the like. It seemed to be like wanting to hurt the dog. Hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I, every time I think of Puckwudgies, I always call them like little Ewoks, but <laughs> that's what everybody everybody describes them as looking like that kind of. But I mean, but they look different than these pale crawlers people describe. I mean, there's a famous video on YouTube of a pale crawler, and but my wife took a video of the one in her backyard too, but same as the YouTube video, the screen in the window makes it hard to really see anything besides like some white-ish figure moving around. Right, yeah. So, that makes I mean, it tough. But like, it was just, like she was so creeped out when it happened because that thing was just walking around the backyard and she's like messaging me on Facebook like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, you're in the house. If it's just staggering around the backyard mindlessly like, they're supposed to, like these things are supposed to do, just stay in the house. <laughs> you're safe. But they, they've also said, though, like, multiple of them in the house, like, they lost power one night. And, like, the whole neighborhood, the whole area lost power. And they heard something running around their house faster than any known animal would be running around a house. And it was just running in circles around the house constantly for a good half hour, 45 minutes. Wow. And, like, they were all dead scared. Like, they were running around locking all the doors, locking all the windows, like, just in case, like. They had no idea what it was. Like, no coyote, no fish or cat is going to, like, run around a house like that for no reason for that long. Right, yeah. So yeah, Definitely not. And the fact that the power went out at the same time was kind of creepy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, power going out can definitely, you know, help the creep factor a lot. <laughs> and plus, I mean, it's a, uh, that, that, that whole area is just famous for that stuff. But have you? All right. I like to test everybody with this. That's in the cryptids. Could they see if they heard of this? Have you heard of mirrored men? I've heard of them. Yes. I'm not very familiar with them, but I have heard of them. 
okay, well, you're one of the few that my show that's been on my show that has heard them before I mentioned them. And I mean, from well, from what I know, and I actually had Derek Hayes on my show a couple months ago, and he because his show was the first place that reports these things really started getting reported like constantly. Like he had one, and then once one came in, he played it. He ended up doing a whole episode dedicated to calls about them because so many started flying in from people who were like, "Oh my god, I saw the same thing when I was a kid." And it's, I mean, I'm, you know what? You know, it's usually three humanoid figures walking together or mm-hmm. somewhere together, and they they're all in synchronization. Like they all move the exact same movement at the exact same time, and there's yep. lost time. There's lost time that accompanies accompanies seeing them usually. Yeah. Yeah, I think I first heard of them. I think they were mentioned on, um, I believe it was Astonishing Legends podcast. I think they had an episode where they they brought them up at one point. Possibly. I mean, those guys have been around for a long time. I know that. Yeah. I, I actually have never listened to their podcast because there's so many episodes. It would take me so long to catch up. And I'm one of those people that has to start something from the beginning. I can't start like a, like at the current episode. I have to go to the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, I, I started listening to them and started jumping around. Um, and after about you know a couple months of jumping around, I just said, all right, I'm just going to start at the beginning, just listen to all of them because they're all good. But yeah, I, I they have a, thir- a six-part, 13-hour series on uh, the Patterson-Gimlin film. Ooh. I, I started that series not believing in Bigfoot, thinking that it was completely a hoax. By the time that that 13 hours was up, I'm a huge Bigfoot believer and and completely convinced that the Patterson Gimlin film is is legit. Yeah, I, well, I've always thought the Patterson Gimlin film was legit because I mean it's just like I always because I well since I was a kid and I saw it for the first time like on when the internet first came out and I saw it eventually, I wanted to believe because I saw that footage mm-hmm. and. I people are people will say like oh the one one of the four guys involved said it was a hoax and I'm like no he said that because he was sick of getting attention for it that's why he said that because yeah and, I'm, well, one, and I'm, I'm I'm one of their deathbeds they said it's no hoax we saw what we saw yeah uh yeah Gimlin is still Gimlin is still alive Patterson is dead but Patterson like he they were there so that he can film a documentary on Bigfoot. And then they just happened to come across an actual Bigfoot. So the fact that he had a Bigfoot costume made and that he had somebody lined up who was supposed to dress, well, yeah, because they were going to do dramatizations for his documentary. And then they came across an actual Bigfoot. But what I like about what Astonishing Legends did is that they really dived into it. They gave, looked at every possible, every theory about, about it, both for and against, dug into it, tore them all apart, and and to see what was left standing at the end and at the end legit is, is what they came up with and i was convinced yeah i mean i i've always believed it was real and i, I have heard about the guy with the bigfoot suit that was supposed to be in the movie too but yeah it's just i always believed it was real i mean i always wanted to i always wanted to believe when i was younger and as i got older i couldn't find flaws in it that made me not believe and I've heard so many different podcasts talk about it in so many different ways. Like mm-hmm. it's a big topic among paranormal people, whether it's oh, real yeah. or fake. Oh yeah. It's one of the most big I've had so many debates on this show about that film. Like people try and tell me it's faked. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean and even the costume they had, you couldn't fake that kind of you couldn't make a costume that looked as realistic as the one they caught on camera. Like the, back in even days. today, you even today you can't make one that looks that good. Yeah, and I mean, there's, still... there's been a lot of special effects guys who have watched it and said it has to be real because we can't make something that good. You can see yeah. the muscles moving underneath the skin. Yep, you can. And, and it, I mean, it's just, and yet people want to not believe it. And I just don't get it. I don't get it. But I, I, I think we'll do one more paranormal creature and then we'll wrap this up. But all right. Well, let me ask first. Do you have a fair, a favorite, a, fa- a, a favorite paranormal creature we haven't come, we haven't talked about yet? Uh, a favorite that we haven't talked about yet would probably have to be Mothman. Oh, good choice, good choice. So everybody knows, er, well, anybody who listens to my podcast knows who Mothman is because I've talked about him multiple times, and I actually had a, 
I had a Mothman encounter on my show named Alan Rawls, who saw him in the 90s in Bear, Massachusetts. Hmm. So, and that I saw he, and I mean, I think he's telling the truth because when I was talking to him, he looked like he was like his eyes said he's telling the truth that he saw what he saw. Mm-hmm. But I won't give that away. I'm not going to tell that story here because I want people to listen to the episode because it's a damn good episode. But I'll have to check that one out. Mothman, I that's one of the ones that I believe in Mothman, but I can't explain what it is. Yep. Nope. I don't even attempt to try to explain that one. And the, the thing I like that I really like about it is that the, the West Virginia Point Pleasant story is yes. so much more than just Mothman. You got injured colds, you have UFO flap, you have a whole bunch of just tons of weird stuff going on. That that whole story is just amazing. If, even if it's not real, it's an amazing story. Yeah, it is. I mean, and I mean, I've I've watched like small town monsters documentaries on, of course, Mothman mm-hmm. Point Pleasant, and all that, and see, it's. I don't know whether I I kind of like there's a theory that's an alien which I can't believe that one. I I'm I'm leaning more towards ultra terrestrial, you know, something yeah. more interdimensional. But I mean, I mean, well, I don't know what you believe, but like in, but I mean, a lot of people try to say it's a demon or an angel as well. Like they try to say it's like either a forebearer of doom or it's a bringer of doom. I, I think it's more of the forebearer than a bringer. I think it's more of a like a warning that hey, keep an eye out, something's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean that is always the kind of the way I went too. I mean, even though the bringer of doom, I can see why people think that because it is always in the wrong place at the wrong time. So yeah, if people I mean people but, could I you mean, know, someone who's trying to it. warn you is gonna be there too at that time. Exactly. I mean the the bridge collapsing in Point Pleasant. The seeing it in Chernobyl like a couple days before the nuclear explosion. So the the Chernobyl one's not real. That was made up by um, Rich Haddam, who wrote the Mothman prophecies. He he's fully admitted that that he made that up for the for the movie and that he never read that anywhere. But most people who really, who, yeah, most people who know about it will quote the movie and it's like, yeah, no, that he made that up for the movie just. To, to make it a little bit more sensationalized, but see, he, he'll and he'll fully admit to that too. See, I've never seen the movie, but yet I still heard about that theory. Yeah, it, it gets put out there a lot. There was a couple other sightings that he made up for the movie, um, and I don't remember what they are off the top of my head. But yeah, when you see a lot of people will, will lump them all together because they'll they'll see the movie, they won't do their research and just assume that the movie's telling the whole thing. But yeah, that. He, the, he's a huge fan of the Mothman, but he had to make changes to make the movie more interesting. And and yeah, that the Chernobyl and two other of the, the sightings he made up for the movie. Well, I mean, and the fact that, I mean, it was seen in 2018, 19 in Chicago. Chicago. And it was seen and this that, year in Chicago too. And the there's fact actually that, a video of it from this year. Yeah. And the fact that Trump actually brought it up in a presidential speech. Like he actually said something about it on TV. Like he actually mentioned it, like in passing at like an interview or something. Yeah, that's something I would do. <laughs> if I was president, oh hell yeah, you, you better believe I'm bringing in everything. Like I would sit there one night and be like, Bigfoot is real. Here's the proof. Dogmen are real. Here's the proof because you know the government has it all. If these things exist, the government has proof of it all. I think they have proof of aliens. I don't think they have proof of the other things. I don't think they care enough for the other things. Well, here's a story I was told recently. Oh, no, no. Yeah, someone told me the story recently, and I heard it before in different versions. But supposedly during one of the forest fires out west, a Bigfoot came scrambling out of the woods, half burned alive, and an ambulance took it and put it in the ambulance to try to help it as best they could. And they took. They started driving down the road, and supposedly, they the people driving that ambulance were never heard from again, because people assume that government agents stopped them and took command of it. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that story too. Um, yeah, there was uh, 
the Micah Hanks program, I think just did, I think it was that program that just did a whole episode on Sasquatch stories from government employees, like, like military and government. And that was one of them. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, I mean, there's so many Bigfoot sightings out there over the last 70, 80, hundred years, 200 years, even the battle of Ape Canyon. I mean, oh, yeah. there's just so, there's so many that like, these things have to exist, and because of the Olympic project too, I'm pretty sure I, that the government does know about them. Because I mean, yeah, small. I had Mark Maskey on here from Small Town Monsters as well, and like we talked about when they went to the Olympic project, and he said like there are all these nests basically lined up in a row on the ground, and they have to be Bigfoot nests because no animal we know about would make a nest like this to sleep in. They're too. Yeah. They're. They're too big for any other animal, and bigger animals like bears find caves to stay in. They don't stay in just open area on the grass. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just, and he said, like, but we had to get special permission to go into this area called the Olympic Project because you're not allowed, regular citizens are not allowed in there. They're not. Like, it's just, so, I mean, stuff like that makes me believe the government truly knows they exist, but they just don't want to mm -hmm. panic people. Yeah, I, there might be parts of the government that knows, but I don't think the government as a whole does. I think well, that's more, a little bit more compartmentalized. And yeah, because I mean, I, I, I work for the government and, you know, there, there's, I know that they try to keep things in sections so that not everybody knows everything. So there, there very well could be that there's aspects of it that know, but I, I don't think as a whole they know. Like, I don't think you could go to be a president and, and find out about it. I think you'd have to be working in that section to know. Uh, I mean, well, one, I'm pretty sure the president asked around and he wanted to know he could find out if anybody knew mm, about it. Not necessarily. There's there's a lot of reports of um, presidents, you know, going back as far as Carter, you know, getting into the Oval Office and asking, starting to ask questions about aliens. And unless something happens where the president needs to know about it, they're basically told we can't talk about it. And they're they're left, you know, knowing nothing. I think it was, um, uh, I think Reagan and Clinton were two that were really into UFOs prior to becoming president, and then yeah. afterwards they're just like, yeah, we asked and we were told we we can't they can't tell us, and we pushed back said we're the president. It's like you still don't need to know. Which that would, that would piss me off so bad. If I was the president. Oh, they yeah. told me that like. <laughs> nothing would make me angrier but oh the, the first when i got my security clearance the very first thing i asked was okay what's the truth about roswell and i was laughed at and told yet yeah, there's a lot of levels above top secret you don't have the right clearances to know any of that eh, well i mean i mean we all know there's uh super super deca secret yeah <laughs> like but i mean yeah I actually, hmm, I had a neighbor when I when I lived in the I lived in the condo in Clinton, Massachusetts for this, and one of my neighbors a few doors down, and he works in aeronautics for the government, and we we were talking one night when the power was out, and we were just sitting outside talking, grilling, and he's like he's like yeah he's like I've been to places I've been all over the world that the places the government wants me to go he's like I've even been to a base in the desert that's not supposed to exist and i can't say anything more than that i could take a couple guesses as to which one that is me too but <laughs> i mean yeah and he's and i'm like and i was just, and i was like the one i'm thinking of and he's like sorry can't say but like he's like i ain't losing my job <laughs> and i'm like yeah. i don't blame you because you make good money i'm sure and yeah he was a yeah, I, and of course, at that point, I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could really pick this guy's brain, but I can't. I don't want him to get him fired. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, all right, well, I think that'll wrap it up. But why don't you tell people where they can find out more about your investi investigation group and just where they can find you at Get Haunted? Sure. Yeah, if you're looking for uh, Empty Casket, you can find us at EmptyCasketParanormal.com. Uh, I also build and sell equipment. And you could get that on Etsy, uh, it, but on Etsy it's under Empty Casket Equipment. Uh, so you find all the the, the K2s, REM pods, and other things that I make on there. Uh, and then if you're interested in doing any events, you could, uh, we do that through Get Haunted. 
you can find Get Haunted on, on Facebook. We have a public page and a private page. <clears throat> the public page has all of our events on it. And the private page is more for just a general discussion on anything paranormal, including cryptids and UFOs. And it's a great place to come and just chat. We got YouTubers, podcasters, uh, teams, individuals, location owners, just anybody who has an interest in the paranormal. Just come on, chat about it, share experiences, share your evidence. It's a good time. I believe I, I am a member of it and I share my podcast constantly on there and this video has mm -hmm. already been shared on there. So, oh yeah, yeah, it's a good page. I definitely, one of the few pages that doesn't give me crap for posting so much stuff on it, but. <laughs> oh yeah, like our, our whole thing is, is you know, we want, we want to help everybody in the field rather than working against each other, let's help each other. So if you have an event, a podcast, a YouTube channel, come on, post it, share it, you know, and yeah. You know, that's it. Take advantage I, of because uh, we allow all of that stuff. Oh, I do, and I get a lot of likes on that page too. So I, I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of that page. Well, as all my listeners know, you can find me on Facebook as Paranormal the New Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings Podcasts with a S Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter and the gram as at Juggalo Bastard. You could find me on YouTube as Paranormal the New Normal. Just search the name, it'll pop up the channel. And you can find me on TikTok as Juggalo Bastard Podcast. And by the time this episode drops, I hope to finally have some paranormal episodes on there. Right now, it's all my music, all my music episodes. But we're getting there. It's hard to break videos down to 10 minutes at a time and post them. But <laughs> it takes a lot of time. <laughs> but oh, yeah. I, will thank, I will thank Bill for coming on because it's been a fun hour of talking about cryptids and aliens and everything else in between. Oh, yeah. Thanks so. for having me. This, this has been a fun conversation. Definitely. My pleasure. And anybody else that get haunted wants to come on, just shoot me a link and I'm glad I'll, I'll gladly set up a date for you because I've had I've had good conversations with a lot of get haunted people at this point and I'd like to keep that going. And I will see all my listeners in a half a week and I'll see all my watchers, which is nobody right now, in on Monday, I believe my next panel interview is. Thank you all. Have a good